what's up, guys? 12 Days Stale Bread. That's right. 12 Days of Replays coming at you. Holiday season. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Happy uh, everything you believe in. That's great. Uh, I really don't care. But here's the deal. Um, this is a fancy draft edition, though, as we call it behind the scenes in FDE. Ding. Yes. So fancy draft edition talking about the top wrestlers all time. This is myself, Professor Vegas Mike Tenay, my homeboy. And the KFJ, Seth, back in the day, old schools of fancy, fancy draft editions. In this particular episode, uh, Seth was bitching like a little girl, no offense to little girls, that Macho Man Randy Savage, the late great Macho Man, was not on my list or Tanae's list. And Seth was whining, crying only as he can, and bitching. And you'll hear it in this episode. Enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, then just delete it. I don't care, because as I say, it's free for now. Survive if I let you. Taz would pick up guys nearly twice his size and drop them on their head. He is a human suplex machine. Now he's bringing his no-nonsense New York swagger to the podcast world. This is Taz. The mood is about to change. The human podcast machine. You're not afraid of a little competition, are you? All right, here we go. We got the the one and only. He's back here on the Human Podcast Machine, Taz, on my podcast. It's the Professor Mike Tanay, Professor Vegas himself, the man of the hour, the guy with the power, the guy with the something, all those... Too sweet to be sour. Too sweet, that's it. Too sweet to be sour. Mike Tanay's in the house. Professor, what's up, bro? You know, everything's going great, Taz. Great to be back on the Human Podcast Machine. And I'm going to talk in sound bites. I'm not going to ramble on. That's one thing that I promise when it comes to today. But I am so excited You're lying. about our fantasy You're draft. Lying. You're lying already. I'm top ten, baby. <laughs> You're not going to talk in sound bites. It's not sound physically bites. possible. <laughs> You're, you watch. You just listen. No, no, no. I'm joking. No, no. Bro, you're the best. You're the man. That's why when we, whenever I am doing an all-time top 10 or current top 10 anything, pro wrestling or jockeys with horse racing, right. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to call you. So, so <laughs> Exactly. All right. So here we go. Uh, for those of you that maybe didn't listen to the all-time top, I'm sorry, to those of you that didn't listen to the top 10 current uh, fantasy wrestling a draft. Uh, Seth, myself, and Mike Tenay all put together a list of our top ten, and we're going to kind of do the same thing with all-time wrestlers, the all-time greats. And we had a really a fun time doing this in our last podcast that we had done this. So let's rock and roll, boys. All-time top ten. And we are going to base this off of in-ring work, microphone work, physical look, legacy, you know, name value, all that type of stuff, the tradition of this guy, you know, because there's more of a body of work than the younger current guys, correct? So that's how we're going to roll today. You good with that? I am good with that. The other thing that I think about here when I look at this all-time list, I think about would that individual, would he translate to 2015? Wow, that's good stuff. I think that's a little hook mm. in there that we need, and that's what I've, I've adjusted yeah, my numbers man. just a little bit. In other words, that guy that was great in 1963, is he as great in 2015? Man. So what I've done, if he deserves to be on the list, he's on the list, but he might be moved up, he might be moved back depending on how I feel about where he'd be currently. You got me there. That's good. That's good stuff. I agree with you. All right, so we're going to do the order the way we did the original time. Today's first. He's our guest. Seth will be second. He's the middleman. He he's, you know, doesn't really mean much. Thank you. And then, uh, and then myself, the host of the show, the human podcast machine, the original human suplex machine, three-time world heavyweight champion, um, He's in the cleanup spot, folks. Yeah, yeah. And, and, by, and by the way, when we did, I'm a little pissed off. I, I'd like to discuss. What else is new? Yeah. So I'm a little pissed off. So when we did the first current, you know, no one ever, like, referenced me, the human suplex machine task. Yeah, no, Seth's laughing around. So I know today. You're not current. Today is giving the middle finger to his phone while I say this. Uh, so 
Yeah, no one referenced me. That's okay, guys. That's all right. That's all right, Tanae. That's all right. That's all right, Seth. Uh, and he may not make the all-time list either, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> How bad is this? I didn't put myself on the all-time list. <laughs> oh, my God. That's truth in broadcasting. Oh, good gosh. All right, here we go. Let's do this, man. Now, top 10 all-time wrestlers. So, number 10, Tanae, hit me with it. I love it. Number 10 for me, the original... Nature Boy, Buddy Rogers. You look at longevity, you look at a career where this guy was at the top. Every promotion he was there, he nailed it at the top of the list. And what Buddy Rogers did was he took that character, he developed it to a T, and also that character, as we know, is certainly a character that would go on to live past the 40s and the 50s and the 60s, uh, where Buddy Rogers was so prevalent, that proves to me that that character and that persona is something that works. Buddy Rogers in the 10 spot. Completely agree with that. I mean, uh, some would say maybe Buddy Rogers belongs higher. Um, I'm going to be frank. I I don't have Buddy Rogers on my list, and I'm a little disappointed in myself about that. Um, Well, you know what, Seth? You know what, Seth? You could... Oh, you want. Okay, you got your friggin' list from the internets, okay? Okay, I can promise you, Tanae and I didn't get off from the internets. Uh, that's for sure. You don't know how to get on the internets. That's, that's another story. That's a whole different podcast. Uh, that's a whole other podcast. What's your number 10, Seth? You know, Taz is going to be mad at me. Well, what else I'm, I'm mad at you already. <laughs> I, lo- I looked at my list as a team. Like, this is my, my oh, top 10. I like that. Like, a, every guy has brings something different to the table. So, for my number 10, I felt like I needed a guy who was a shooter in case I needed someone to get stretched out. So, <laughs> when, number 10, I went with Billy Robinson. Wow. I like, about, it. I like it. Don't have him on the list, but you know what? I kind of like it. You want to talk about you. shooters? I mean, jeez. I mean, and that's uh, the guy, right? He's that, the guy. Uh, he's the guy. And listen, and today could give you even detail on this, and I could tell you too from experience. Um, back in the day, in that era, I mean, all those guys, dude, they, they were all shooters. I mean, they all, and for those that are downloading this, thank you, by the way, for downloading the show. But for those that don't know what a shooter is, maybe some of our younger listeners, a shooter is a guy who, well, I don't know, you know, he can go. He can go. Real in the deal. Ring, real deal. He can go and hurt you for real in the ring if you piss him off. Uh, a hooker, they would call it, too, back in the day. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, that's another good list, Mike. We could do another podcast. <laughs> Oh, Tell yeah, on that one. with the top 10 hookers. I like that one. I like and, that and one. Matter of fact, I'm looking at my list. I might have one I, on this I, list. I, I don't think I got a couple. And listen, hookers, Seth, are not the ones on 42nd Street here. Man. <laughs> not the ones we got here in Gotham over here at the side of the studio. You know what I mean? Not those type hookers, homeboy. All right, so you got... You got Billy Robinson. I respect you on that, kid. I, Seth, I like that. I like that. I don't. And, have, and, and by the way, little known fact that Billy Robinson worked with Mike Tanay in Las Vegas, Nevada, for several years at the Gold Coast Casino, right? Well, of little course. Known fact. I, I was going to say that, Mike. But I, you didn't I, give me I a figured chance. I'd cut in before. You know, I just, I just, just wanted to add that little well, piece of trivia. That's, that's Tanay. Whenever he gets the opportunity to put himself over, that's check. Why don't you tell us if you possibly physically can in a soundbite what Billy Robinson did at the Gold Coast, would you? I was working in race and sports book management. Billy Robinson was security. And I can tell you that when I walked in 4 o'clock in the afternoon for that 4 to midnight shift, and you know the 4 to midnight shift at the casino? Yeah, it's a little hedgy and a little dicey. A couple of cocktails in, you're winning money, you're losing money. You know there's always going to be a bleep disturber in the group, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you this. When I walked by the casino cage on the way to the race and sports book, and I saw that Billy Robinson was working security, it was like comfort. It was a comfort zone. <laughs> you could just see the ease in my face because oh, I knew yeah. if anybody was giving me any trouble, you pick up the phone, shoot Billy over, talk about the shooter, uh, Billy over from the casino cage, and he takes care of business. I'm sure you saw him in X, you know, have to re- uh, do some stuff, which we don't need to get into right now, but I'm sure it was pretty Let's entertaining. Let's that for the shooter show, and I can tell you I had him over for several barbecues, and he loves to try on holds on unsuspecting people. <laughs> I can tell you you never had over for a barbecue, and that's me, but I digress. So, <laughs> well, there's a reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's my number ten. All right, so let's see. Let's. Uh, I'm already. I'm already regrouping here. So today's got. Uh, we did one guy, and I'm already confused. Buddy Rogers. Today had Buddy Rogers. Seth had Billy Robinson, and myself. I have the superstar Billy Graham in number ten. Ooh, good one. Yeah, buddy. I just think Billy. Billy Graham was just um, just a guy ahead of his time. I mean, he kind of just. 
the the physique that he had for that era, and and his promo work, good. God, Mike, it was amazing. His in-ring work, he was a tough, strong, nasty guy. I mean, superstar Billy Graham, to me, just, I hope I'm doing enough justice to have him at 10. I tell you what, I don't have him on my list, but what you just pointed out in terms of being a trendsetter, a trendsetter in terms of look that the next several generations would follow, a trendsetter in terms of promo ability that some of the biggest names in our sport... I think Hulk Hogan has probably mentioned it many times too. That you know that they were influenced so strongly by Billy Graham. Yep. That's, a heck of, that's a heck of a pick. Yeah, Billy, superstar Billy Graham is one of my first uh, memories of wrestling. And uh, you know, then you, I did my research, and he, you know, he used to work out with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's right. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, I just heard Jesse Ventura on an interview talking about and he turned on the TV, saw Billy Graham. He's like, "That's it. I want to be a wrestler." He said he got he said he got everything from. Oh, him. you could tell that Je- yeah. Jesse the Body Ventura uh, basically was heavily inspired by the superstar Billy Graham. And, and superstar Billy Graham, I think, today is a guy that can connect to today's wrestling promoter and today's wrestling fan. I think that Billy Graham, if he, if you fast forward him or rewind, whatever the hell direction you go, if you take... <laughs> if, well, rewind first, then fast forward. Yeah, we're going all up, down, boom, uphill shots, downhill. And you put Billy Graham in today's world of sports entertainment with his mic work, his look, the tie-dye stuff and all that jazz... Look, man, I think that Billy Graham would fit in today's world. Professor, do you agree? Agree a thousand percent. Just like I said, the guy set the trends, people followed him, and that's why the superstar Billy Graham, timeless. Yes, Billy Robinson, though, in my opinion, no disrespect, not timeless. I don't think Billy Robinson would have connected today because of his physique. He had that burly, chested, kind of like quasi-Samoa Joe-ish, where in the WWE world, I don't know if some old Joe physically would fit in that world. That His in-ring work and Joe's promo work, yes. But I think that a, a Billy Robinson, I'm not knocking Joe. I love Joe. He's a good friend of mine. But Billy Robinson, I do not think because his work was about bending guys up. But if you think about it, his work was so fluid, his motions, the way that he transitioned from a wrist lock to a hammer lock. Smooth, we call it. It was done done with such flair that that maybe because that style, and let's, let's, let's be honest, once the match gets rolling and once we get past that opening few minutes where there's the feeling out process, which is a different style, once it gets rolling, the guy becomes so believable and, be, and, and becomes the real deal there. So as far as that goes, maybe because Billy Robinson's work would be even by today's standards so different, he might get over because of that. You couldn't just have me have the last word, right, Mike? You <laughs> couldn't to, have me have to, the last had word. to. Unbelievable. Who's your number nine? Enough. Who's number nine? Number nine, and this might surprise a few people because some might have him higher on the list, and we'll point this out. I believe this might have been Taz's original favorite wrestler. I'm slotting Bruno Sammartino at number nine. Mm, Very good. Now, historical impact, longevity, sellouts at the Garden, no question. My question is, and since you brought it up earlier in terms of Billy Robinson and Billy Graham going forward, do, do they work in 2015? I wonder if, and, and I know, Taz, you, you followed him very closely, his career, because of what Bruno was to his promotion, because of what Bruno was to Vince Sr., the timing today is it a fit today or because of the ethnicity, because of that well, timing and that perfect storm, would Bruno be the well, star he was today? While I love Bruno, I, I don't think I don't he think would so either. Been. I don't think so either, Michael, if I can interrupt you. Uh, here's my deal with Bruno. I was a, he was a big inspiration for me, okay? Uh, it might shock both you guys, but I don't have Bruno on my list. I have him on my honorable mention list, and I'm going to tell you why I don't have him on my list. It's kind of what you just hit, Mike. I, I like it, uh, the ethnicity. It, it was a demographic. As a New York Italian American kid, I could connect to Bruno Sammartino. He's a guy from Pittsburgh, blue collar, Italian descent, the whole nine yards, and his his power that he had over Madison Square Garden. So I think that his promo skills were lacking a little bit, especially with today's standards. And if you compare. Uh, Bruno Sammartino to a superstar Billy Graham who was one of his rivals you, you, you can't even compare Bruno's 
talking ability to a Larry Zbysko or to a Bruno Sa- or to a, 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 a superstar Billy Graham. Can I can I play devil's advocate real quick? Yeah, I think his promo ability was perfect for the audience that they were looking to draw. Right, that demo. I agree. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, but that's why I don't have him on my top ten. But you have him in nine. Okay, that's, I think that's cool, man. I think that's a good. He's and, a legend. And how, and how sharp was Vince Senior to not only recognize that and then to follow up with Pedro Morales because he realized the growing Puerto Rican Latin yes. fan base that yes. he had and. Pedro Morales slid into that spot and had a heck of a run with some great crowds at the Garden as well. Sure that, did. That's a, that's a sharp promoter. Oh, uh, well, yeah, Vince, well, Vince Senior, no doubt, no doubt. Seth, I know you're dying to talk. You keep writing me notes, tell Tanae to shut up. He's my guest, okay, Seth? I'm not sorry, telling him sorry. that. I love Mike. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Mike. Who's number two? I apologize. I agree with the Bruno stuff, too. Best WWF champion right, of all right. time. Uh, my number nine, see, uh, at my shooter at number 10, my antagonist at number nine is uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Wow. All right. Yeah. Hot Rod. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I discovered him flipping the channels, TBS, him and Bob Armstrong going at it. I mean, I was like, who is this guy? And he, he, had, he has some serious mic skills. At 12, oh. I just, you know, I was just amazed. And uh, he's just, you know, I don't have to say anything. Everybody knows about Rowdy Piper. He's great. Yeah. And, and, and uh, Hot Rod, I mean, uh, definitely... Um, one of the best of all time on a stick, as we call it, on a microphone, no doubt. Um, I don't have Roddy Piper on my list, but I, I, you know, he definitely could be on anyone's top ten all time list. Roddy Piper, a lot of people don't know this, is one of uh, what back in the day was one of the more rugged, tough guys. Like, could really, Mike. I think you don't Especially know. Especially for his size, right? He was a nasty Boxing guy. background. Correct. He'd rip your eye out of your head and just throw it at you. I mean, that's <laughs> right or wrong, Mike. He was a mean cat. I mean, he was, you know, he was known as that. You know, I, what, I, what I like about the way that Seth approached this, and, and to be honest, it was my first thought, too, almost like you're filling out a roster where he's got a shooter and an antagonist. I decided not to go that direction. I decided to do just a pure top ten, but I have to admit I thought the same thing, so that I think that's, that's So you sound, Seth. Mike, you're, so you're jealous of Seth because he put more thought into how to make the list. That's what you're saying, basically, right? I put, too, I put way too much thought into this. You should, you should see this, this paper that I have with the name scratched out. Oh, I know you too well, buddy. I know and, and, you. And you know, you know what's on the yellow pad, dude, don't you? Oh, a lot of ink. Yeah. How about, so, number, how about number eight? Is it my turn yet? No, no. no. How about the host of the show goes? Oh, would you like to go nine? Yeah, I would like to. Thanks, Dad. Go right ahead. So, <laughs> go ahead, son. Here's my number nine. It's going to shock everybody. It's going to shock everybody. All the people that were nice enough to download this, you listen. You, no one's going to have this guy on their top ten all-time fantasy wrestling draft. Buzz Sawyer. Oh, wow. Buzz Sawyer. Now, to me, one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time was Buzz Sawyer because this guy's work, the believability, the realistic, how stiff and snug he was, a crowbar for sure in the ring, the way he did his stuff, every little nuance, his hands, his feet, the way he walked, his facial expressions, his yelling after he'd bump a guy, his physicality, how tough he was. He was a shooter and a half. A lot of people don't realize that. And his promos, he would almost, almost like cry when he would talk, his frustrations of getting oh, He was awesome. I mean, I, I never got to meet Buzz Sawyer. And he left this earth too early because, you know, I guess he had problems or whatever. But I got to tell you, Buzz Sawyer's number nine for me. I was a gigantic fan of of Buzz Sawyer. You know, it's funny, I don't have him on my list, and quite honestly, he wasn't somebody that I considered, but if you said a Mike Tanay favorites list, he'd be right near that top ten, because he was one of those guys that, that in that era of, let's say, maybe mid-80s to late-80s, when you turned on that superstation, Buzz Sawyer was definitely one of those guys that stood out from the pack, because he was so different, and one of those guys that every week when you tuned in to TBS, you were looking forward to seeing Buzz Sawyer, so that's an interesting pick. I was, ha- I was happy to watch him beat up Tommy Rich on a weekly basis. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Rich, another guy that was special. That guy was great. Um, uh, okay, here we go. Number eight for you, today. What do you got? And number eight for me, and, and again, the, the part that I like about not having the parameters, lists are so different here. Number eight for me is Antonio Inoki. I looked at Japanese wrestlers and the impact that they've had, and there's those three huge names that, that really stand out. But when I compared Ricky Dozan to the giant Baba to Antonio Inoki, when I then pared it down, and, and longevity, Baba and Inoki stick out, once you break, break, really break it down in terms of in-ring ability, that's 
where Anoki bypasses Baba. Factor in uh, mainstream, the, the match that he had with Muhammad Ali, how recognizable Antonio Anoki is. For me, I put him at number eight. Okay, that's cool. I, I don't have him on my list. He's a legend, respected, no doubt. I think he, that's a great guy to have on your list. I didn't have him on because he doesn't correlate to today, in my opinion at all. It's not just because of his being Japanese, but that because that would be dumb of me to say. I don't mean it that way. What I mean is his work... Uh, I well, th- again, I'll be devil's advocate on that. I think he would be perfect for today because what was Anoki's entire deal, his whole career, to prove that professional wrestling was the superior mixed martial art. Anoki was so far ahead of the curve that 20 years ago he was promoting events with uh, the, the situations that made UFC so famous. He's yeah, the guy that I, did I, wrestler I, versus boxer. I know I think, all of that. I, think I, think I, don't, I don't know that. Of course advocate, I know that. Devil's advocate. Stop. You're wrong. Your opinion's wrong. Okay? No, it's wrong. There's no way that he would... His work style, his in-ring work, was too slow. He worked a slow pace. He would not connect to an, a nationwide audience in our country would not connect. I disagree with you. I agree with the, the MMA style and all that. Yeah, I got it. I got it. You know, but I don't know, man. I just don't think he would connect to today. We got to move watch, on. Watch Antonio Inoki versus Billy Robinson, 60-minute draw, and you'll be blown away. You know what? I, I'm not going to watch it, okay? And, and, and I'm not going to be blown away, okay, Mike? I know you don't want to be wrong, and that's okay. You're my guest, and this is how I treat my guests. I yell at them. So, this may be your last show if this is the way you treat your guests. Actually, it is. I'm so mad now I don't want to do any more of this. All right, oh, Seth, man. what do you got at eight? Hey, Mike, you want to do a show? Okay. <laughs> um, I got. Um, it's great that you uh, explained who Antonio Noki is for some of our fans who wouldn't know. Uh, for my number eight, I think everyone knows who he is. Uh, he's my crazy guy. Everybody needs a crazy guy on their on their uh, list, and uh, my guy's Terry Funk. Ooh, you know, crazy like uh, a fox. I mean, because he's just uh, all around amazing in his great, career. Great. He's taken so many twists and turns, and his promo work, his in ring work, everything. He's just he's amazing. Oh, uh, just a beast. Uh, Terry's a beast, man. I, I'm mad. I don't have Terry on my list, man. You and should be ashamed of yourself. I should be ashamed of myself. I'm one of the best promos around um man his work talk about believability um has your neck sucking dog yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i i i, I love god if tommy dreamer heard i didn't have terry funk i'm on the list, he'd probably take a carbine and shoot me in the forehead. Um, <laughs> Can we arrange that? <laughs> Tommy Dreamer, line two. Tommy Dreamer, line two. For those that don't know, a carbine is a gun. Um, so, <laughs> all right. So, uh, I Terry know. Funk, interested, Mike. Uh, wow. Break time. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And now back to the Fantasy Draft with Taz and Professor Vegas, Mike Tenay. All right, well, here's my number eight. You guys ready? Go. Tenay, you're going to love this. I know you, brother. You're going to love it. The devil, baby. Kevin Sullivan. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Kevin. Love Kevin Sullivan. was a great assistance to me, an influence on me in my career early on, and really helped groom me, and I owe a boatload to him. Um, I feel like Kevin was so, just a genius uh, outside the ring, inside the ring, an undersized guy, but yet so credible, would get in there and, and wrestle guys that were four times his size and you would feel bad for the bigger guy. And I kind of modeled myself after that and was inspired by Kevin with that. And I think Kevin, his promo work was pristine. He, uh, early in his career, his body looked great. You know what I mean? And and with the purple haze during that, that era. You know what I mean, Mike? Mike it just That's it, my guy. I tell you what, Kevin Sullivan is one of those people where if you look at an entire body of work you look at the impact that this guy had on the industry in terms of what he did. He's underrated. He's underrated. Well, he's so he's so underrated, and, and you and I have had so many conversations through the years about this guy, one of, one of my favorite people in the business, and was was just great with me when the, he was a booking WCW. Love Kevin Sullivan. Oh, it was the man. All right, let's roll into a number seven. Uh, Professor Vegas, what do you got? Yes, number seven, I have Shawn Michaels. 
the ability of Shawn Michaels to transition himself from an incredible tag team, and I know we've talked about talking about tag teams down the line, and oh, I, can't, I can't wait to do the tag team show, to be honest. That's going to be fun. But Shawn Michaels, as, as part of the Rockers team, made that, and, and I know I can tell you right now, I haven't made out my tag team list, but I know that they're going to have a slot in the top ten, that's for sure. Why, the, why are you stooging it off? Why? Why? That's, that's, that's why? called a tease. That's called a tease. Oh, my God. Let me, let me educate you to the world of podcasts. <laughs> And, but for Shawn Michaels to go from that spot as that accomplished tag team wrestler and a person who was a tag team wrestler for several years. So many people never get out or never break out of that mold. But for him not only to be able to break out of the mold and, and to become a, a good wrestler, but to become such a successful guy for, again, a person his size, in-ring ability of Shawn Michaels, it's, it's, it's near the top. I, I, yeah, I, 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 I agree. Uh, sorry, Mike. I, I, I like the look. I like the promo yes. ability. Shawn Michaels, number seven. His promos, definitely. Uh, Shawn Michaels' promos, always excellent. Uh, another guy that wasn't a giant of a man, but definitely worked like a giant. Uh, one of the most respected wrestlers around HBK. I don't have him on my list. Nothing against Shawn. Love Shawn. Uh, I just didn't have him on my all-time list, but I think definitely uh, no one's throwing a flag on Shawn Michaels. Thank you. He's in my uh, honorable mention, but yeah, Shawn Michaels is amazing. All right, good. You say I can fall asleep, Seth. I'm begging you to wake up. Uh, <laughs> Taz, you're boring the hell do out of me. Do you realize the two energy guys you have here? Do you hear what we're talking? I'm trying. I'm trying to balance it. You got to compete. You got to compete. Uh, pick your shit I'm up. Trying to ba- I'm trying to balance it out. All right. Well, you are. You put me to sleep. All right. Number seven. Here we go. All right. I needed a giant on my team, so I went uh, to the biggest giant. I got Andre the Giant, number did you seven. Really? Yeah, you got yeah. a problem with that? Oh, easy. Oh, easy. Oh, hey, I'm easy. from Jersey. We're on what? the 44th floor. You can go flying in about two minutes over here. Uh, come on. Um, you got to catch me first. So wait a minute. Hold on a minute. So you got Andre the Giant, number six. Seven. Right. That's what I said. Number seven. <laughs> All right, so what do you think about today? What do you think of Giant Andre at the I, seven? I have Andre on my list, and we haven't gotten there yet. How's that? That's good, but I want to say something about Andre the Giant. Okay. Go ahead. Very respected. I mean, look, of course, but I, I don't have him on my list, and uh, these these are the reasons why. Promos and, you know, mic work and, and in-ring ability. I mean, he was a Giant, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but he, you know, when you think of Andre the Giant... You don't think of great matches and great stick work. You don't. That's just my opinion. You know, uh, and, and, and to me, that's what makes the argument so great. The fact that you can look at those three things that we think are so important, and the fact that you see where this guy, uh, what he accomplished in his career, where he ended up. And again, would Andre in his prime be successful today? I think it's yes on all counts. Uh, and I know I'm jumping the gun because I still have him up on the list, but that's where that's where I think Andre is so good. And that's why these lists are so great because we all have different ideas in our list. Yes. So now I go, right? Number seven. If you want to, yeah. All right. If you insist. All right, here we go. All right, so this one's, this one's real good, buddy. Oh, boy. On Anderson. The enforcer. You damn right. On Anderson today, you throwing a flag? Got a problem? I would never throw a flag on that. I that know was, that. that. You was, love that, on. That, was that that questioned it. Uh, qu- qu- oh, uh, Seth, no, I you said questioned enfor- it. I said the enforcer. Mike just said you questioned it. God it, damn it! It was sort of a snide snicker, almost. No, a he, snicker. A he bit. took me the wrong way. A snicker. <laughs> Don't just, snicker around Double A. That's just my Jersey accent. I would I never snicker around. Hey, How do I get stuck with a Jersey guy? Here? So here's the thing. Here's the thing. On Anderson, man, listen, the original A-double, not Austin Aries, this is the original A-double, and I'm telling you right now, On Anderson, his promos are just some of the best ever, again, underrated, his in-ring work during his the time tagging with Tully Blanchard, but even as an individual, just On Anderson in general, screams credibility in locker rooms worldwide for decades, period. Yeah, I love Art Anderson. What an incredible guy to work with. What an incredible guy to be around, as you know, Taz, behind love the scenes. Love him. Not, not, not better than Art Anderson. It just doesn't come. Uh, promo ability, just ridiculous. I guess I wouldn't have him in my top ten, because to me, he was always one of those guys that was, wall an incredible bell-to-bell talent, an incredible promo. He was in the shadow of the bigger names. But I love Arn Anderson, and like he always used to say, yeah, I, I don't want to blow my own horn, but toot, toot. I yes. love Arn Anderson. I love him on that list, but I don't have him on mine. All right. Well, who do you have at number six on your list? Number six is where I sort of went the Seth route here. Went with a shooter on my list, and here's why I put Lou Fez at number six. Wow. 
historical impact. I mean, absolutely unqualified. There's, there's, if folks, if you don't know Luthez, you just go go Wikipedia and see what Luthez accomplished for fifty, sixty. How, how many years was he in the business? I think he probably oh, so, uh, wrestled. Did he wrestled in like seven decades. Yeah, I think he did exactly. Whatever, yeah. whatever it was. Now. When you, you brought something up earlier about Billy Robinson, and this is where I sat there with Luthez and I said, is Luthez a guy who would be able to adapt to different eras? And I think he would have. You look at somebody who was around it that long, who ended up being a trainer for, for some of the, the, the great people, the great wrestlers in Japan through the years. I think Luthez would have found a way to be relevant, whether it was 1950, 1960, I, I or 2015. I agree with you. I think Luthez would have connected with the right push to the right audience because of what he could do between the ropes. I, I totally agree. And a lot of fans know the name because JR would always say it every time uh, uh, Steve Austin did the Luthes Press. There yeah, it but, is. yeah, well, yeah, it wasn't just JR. I mean, you are talking to two broadcasters. It wasn't just JR. Okay, we, might, we might have used it once or twice. Yeah, I think that, yeah, exactly. I think that, you know, Mickey James off the top of my head, she would do it. I mean, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't Stone Cold who created the Luthes Press. It wasn't JR, who I love. And if he was on this podcast, I would say, it wasn't you, JR, who invented Luthes Press. Was it? Goddamn! Goddamn! <laughs> Wasn't it Luthes who invented the Luthes Press? Yes! Okay. <laughs> All right, where are we? We're at number, number five, six, six, number six. I'm number six. I got my high flyer, number six, the Dynamite Kid. I think uh, pound for pound in the ring, it doesn't get any better than the Dynamite, Dynamite Kid. Kid. Okay, I listen. Was a gigantic fan of the British Bulldogs. I mean, a dynamite kid, a guy who was ahead of his time. I could see it, close my eyes, and see that snap suplex he used to pull off. The guy was a beast for an undersized guy. His body looked amazing, and he looked like a guy that would just walk in an alley and rip your face off and, and, and just, you know, spit at your mother while he's doing it. I love that. I love it. Love it. Love the dynamite kid. Good job. Thank Bulldogs you. would make my tag team list, and again, I'm jumping the gun. I understand. I, I'm begging you to stop Di- doing dynamite, that. I really dynamite. am. Because you're ruining my future podcast. Di- really dynamite are. kid would make my list, and I'm booking another podcast here. He, dynamite <laughs> kid would make my list of, of junior heavyweights, cruiserweights, uh, X-Division, whatever, whatever you really want to label them, but he does not make my list of top ten heavies. Yeah, but, I don't, but, I don't have my... Intriguing pick. I don't have on my top ten heavies either. I, that's a good point. See, that was a dig at me. There was. Pick. Well, yeah. that's today, bro. Yeah. That's uh, how he does it. All right, Mike. All right, no, I see no. how you are. Because he right. basically, that's, see, welcome to the world of Taz. Because <laughs> when you deal with Mike today, he will zing you and you, you realize it like 40 seconds. Wait a minute. He just said heavies. I didn't think, you know, Junior, have, oh, that, he, he really. He said intriguing pick. Yeah, well, he, yeah. he emasculated you. <laughs> So, <laughs> that's what I do for a living. That's what he does. He really does. You have uh, no idea. I, I got to catch up. All right, yeah. catch up, catch up. So where am, I'm up, right? Number Never six. I'm glad I'm hosting this. All right, number six. Whew. Bruiser Brody, baby. Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody. I think Bruiser Brody, just his presence that he had, you know, was amazing. I remember when I first started breaking into wrestling business, I just started to go to wrestling school, and I would go to my girlfriend's house who lived in Queens, and she's now my wife. And, you know, we, we both came up blue-collar, you know? So you know, her family didn't have a lot of money. So I would put on the Spanish channel, like Telemundo, whatever it was called, and it'd be all snowy, and it was like the rabbit ears on the TV, you know? <laughs> and I remember seeing this gigantic guy fighting this guy that was spitting and snarling. It was Abdullah the Butcher versus Bruiser Brody. Oh, jeez. And I watched this... And I was almost, I don't want to exaggerate, but I'm going to say it for lack of better terms, almost afraid watching it. These guys looked scary. And this guy, Bruiser Brody, his presence was terrifying. It was real as real can get. His promos were intense. Gigantic fan, Bruiser Brody number six for me. You know, I don't have him on my list, but again, going back to how Seth lined things up with different slots, I had a brawler 
trio of Bruiser Brody, the Sheik, the original Sheik, Ed Farhat, and Terry Funk, and they didn't make my top ten. But man, you can just interchange uh, Brody, Sheik, or Terry Funk with oh, anybody yeah, no on doubt. the top ten list, and, no, and it works. No but, doubt. And many uh, times over the years, he's been imitated but never duplicated. Who's that? Oh, you talking Bruiser about Bruiser Brody? Oh yeah, uh, no, I agree. I totally agree. That, and you know what? That's a great point, Seth, because what we say earlier, that ability where people see and connect with something so much that they want to bring that character forward, like we've seen with right. how many Bruiser Brody wannabes have there been. And think about in terms of Japan alone, there's probably been a half a dozen oh. guys who have the exact same look and have had that exact same look post-Bruiser uh, Brody era. Well, and the thing is, a, a cat like Bruiser Brody an uh, in-ring wrestler, competitor like Brody, in today's world, would be a multimillionaire. Multimillionaire. Absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt. Now, one question. Would his hard-headedness have prevented that? Well, we're not talking about business savvy here. All right, Mike? <laughs> we never said that was the parameters. Don't stop making up rules. I just thought I'd add something, maybe a little yeah, something you know what you're doing? that they might like. You know what you're doing? You're out booking yourself, as we say in the business. <laughs> Stop out booking yourself. Somebody called Dusty. I Jesus. think people find it interesting to hear Taz comment on something like a guy who is, to people on the surface, to people who are flipping a magazine page, they know that Bruiser Brody. Very few people that are listening to this podcast might know how Bruiser Brody would interact with the promotion, other talent, and the like. That's why I brought it up, because I think that's that extra layer, that extra level where we take you behind the scenes All right, well, enough on the of human your podcast layers. machine. Yeah, exactly. Enough how's, of that, how's that for a problem? Yeah, you don't have to plug my show. I'll plug it myself. Uh, I didn't All do right. too bad of a job, really. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your five? I might just take that out. Five, five, five. Who's your five today? I'm begging you. Who's your five? Five, and I, ju- I just gave my whole reasons behind it, so I'm just going to say the name. My number five was Andre the Giant. Uh, I it, uh, Andre, one of those guys, and, and I wrote these down. Taz questioned promos. Taz questioned his uh, in ring and the like. And, and when I when I see someone who succeeded to the level that he did, if I'm the promoter on that show, the last thing I'm worried about when I see that sellout crowd at the Silver Dome or I see that sellout crowd at whatever arena that I that I'm booking Andre in, the last thing I'm worried about is that he got a a one star match or a five star match. I see box office Andre five. I know, but okay, and I and listen, I I, I was an Andre the Giant fan, and people that are listening to this, that download this, that are not from the wrestling business, that are just fans. Again, thank you, but I, I want to educate you that downloaded this. Andre the Giant, in the behind the scenes of the wrestling business, is immensely just respected. Am I right or wrong, Mike? His respect, like, you know, you walk around Vince McMahon. You walk around... Uh, or, or or I'm trying to think of other, just Paul Heyman off the top of my head. You mentioned names like an Andre the Giant, uh, mentioned the name Andre the Giant to people like that. Uh, the respect or Hulk Hogan, ex Hulk Hogan about Andre the Giant. He is immensely respected. That's why it's tough for me to say anything negative about him. I don't I don't want to do that, but I got to be real here on my show. So I think on an all time top ten. You know, Seth, you had him at seven. Tanae, you just put him at five. I don't have him at all. I just don't. I think that in his era, in his prime, in Andre's prime, he was a giant, a big man amongst guys that weren't as big as the guys today. I mean, so he kind of, he was perfect for his time. You know, today, you get guys that are close to his size that are so much more athletic. And God forgive me, I hate to say that about the man because he's not with us any longer, and I respect his his legacy. But those are facts. He was Incre- incredibly athletic earlier in his career. I yes. uh, totally agree with you that he became plodding okay, later Mike, in Mike, his career Mike, and Mike, became Mike, difficult Mike, to Let me watch. interrupt you. I'm sorry. Let me interrupt you. Seth just agreed with me. Then he agreed with you. This guy belongs in a book and agent meeting. <laughs> He's perfect. You talk about a yes man's dream. This guy belongs in a wrestling business. Well, let me tell you one thing we could all agree on. If it was uh, was all-time drinking wrestlers, he would be number one. See, now, wait a minute. Hold on a second. I know there's an all-time drinking uh, uh, broadcaster. broadcaster. Yeah, (laughs) guy lives in Vegas. Anyway. uh, (laughs) But you digress. I digress. Uh, My number five. My, I need my badass. Oh, I thought Mike today was... So you're just going to run the show now. He did number five. All right, go ahead. What's your number five? 
Okay. <laughs> uh, now I'm going to skip my number five. Go right to number no, four. No, no, no. Do you number five? All right. My number five uh, is my badass on my team uh, is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. I don't have to explain that. Everybody knows about Stone Cold. He's no he, doubt. He's a badass. I got him on my list too. Uh, Check. Same here. No one's going to have a problem with Austin in the top five of anything. There's no doubt. Another another podcast sensei. Austin does. A, I was been lucky enough to be on his podcast. I'll have my mind eventually, folks. Uh, uh, but Austin definitely. Uh, you got him number five. That's cool, Seth. All right, good. I have at number five. I have Stan Hansen at number five. Um, I just feel that Stan Hansen is another athlete, a guy that was ahead of his time. And uh, I, I, I didn't departmentalize my list like you have, Seth, or like today was... Uh, today seems Box office. Today's worried about bottom well, line. Today's worried about bottom line, yeah. And today seems <laughs> jealous of Seth the way he de- departmentalized <laughs> it. So I sense jealousy. I do. But I kind of just went with guys that I feel when I watch this them. Is your, this is your favorites list, though. No, it's not. That's not true. Why, I mean, why would you say that? I got, I got Buzz Sawyer, Stan Hansen, Bruiser Brody. I, I love every one of them, but this is your favorites list. These are the guys you can relate to. Why are you speaking for me? <laughs> why are you doing that? <laughs> Couldn't help myself. Jeez. Professor Vegas in the house. He's a... Uh, <laughs> listen. Yeah, no, some of these guys are my favorites, but... That doesn't mean they're not studs. So you, all right, so today you got a problem with Stan Hansen being in the top ten. No, no, no problem with Stan Hansen. The good, the good thing is he can't see. I could probably avoid it. <laughs> Stan's got the thick glasses, you know. So, so knock your eye out, Mike. Though. Mike, Stan Hansen, love him. His work. I mean, God, that guy would beat the snot out of a guy. He looked like he was shooting on everybody. And and his promos with that cowbell. And look at that, look how guys have been inspired by him. Guys like JBL, guys like Bully Ray, the inspiration with the, the horns and the doo, all that stuff. <laughs> no, I mean, really, this guy was a trendsetter. This guy blazed the trail for so many big, rugged guys like him. How could... How could you have a problem with him being number five? I have no problem with Stan no, Hansen at least. It. You implied I'm just, it. I'm just saying it just sounds like it's a Taz favorites list. That's all I wanted to point out. Oh. By the way, I'm going to segue from Stan Hansen at your five into my four. And you talk about physical. If you ever have a chance, watch a Stan Hansen-Hulk Hogan match from Japan. Stan Hansen in Japan, as you know, as physical as it gets. Yes. And, and Stan Hansen's matches with Hulk Hogan in Japan are really something to watch. You really have to. My number four is... Hulk Hogan, much similar to my five pick with Andre, historical impact, it's unquestioned. If you ask a uh, hundred people on the street, name a wrestler, I think probably Hulk Hogan is that one name that comes up more than any. And like, I mean, Andre to me was the definition of what the promoters used to call an attraction. Right. Okay. An attraction right. to me says it. He's selling tickets. Hulk Hogan, number four. No doubt. Mm, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I look. I mean, I got Hogan on my list too. I mean, you got him at four. I mean, <clears throat> Hogan is uh, brother. You want to talk, talk about box office and household names? There's none bigger than Hulk Hogan uh, for sure. Who's um uh, who's up here? Who's Me. Four? I'm number my number four. What do you got? Um, I got this is my wrestler's wrestler, and I went with Kurt Angle. I think Kurt Angle to me. Um, should be considered as one of the all-time greatest wrestlers of all time, even if, if his career has not been as long as some of the other guys. Just based on what he's done, he not only has you know, accomplished gold medals, but also what he's done in the ring as a pro wrestler, his mic skills. I think he has it all. I think he's definitely one of the best of all time. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. I mean, uh, uh, that, talk about Mr. Credibility. I mean, a 13-time World Heavyweight Champion, Olympic gold medalist, first ever Olympic gold medalist uh, in our industry, um, you know, uh, Kurt Angle, um, it, we've seen Kurt Angle. With, I don't have him on my list, and, and, and Kurt's a personal friend of mine, and I've wrestled him and traveled with him a lot. I don't know why he's not on my list, to be honest with you. Um, but um, he's not on my list, but, but Kurt Angle, you know, I got to tell you, he's a guy that he is a hybrid. He has shown he could be serious. He could be comical. He could be a hated heel. He could run a faction, you know, he could, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's, he's multi talented, a hybrid entertainer, and yet the bell rings, and that guy, and I'm telling you folks from experience, that guy during a match, you, when you wrestle him, you feel like I've only felt this with two guys in my career in the ring Steve Williams, Dr. Death, and 
Kurt Angle. At any time they want, they could do whatever they want to me. And I'm going to have a hard time stopping them. And you better pack a lunch. You're damn right. When you see that you're going against That's Kurt right. Angle. And how amazing is this, Taz? Because think about how many wrestlers who were top-level amateurs did not make the transition and think of how easily and how quickly Kurt Angle, once he had his mindset that he was going to be a professional wrestler, to make that transition, not everybody's able to do it as easily as Kurt did. No, and uh, you know, I'll tell you, I'm going to have Kurt on here eventually as a guest, and I want to tell the story when we have Kurt about when he was first exposed to pro wrestling. It was actually in ECW, for those that don't know. Oh, this is a heck of a story, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was interesting, so we'll have to I'll have to do as Mike Tanay said, tease, because I don't know what a tease is. Tease my my <laughs> fans, my listeners who downloaded this. Thanks, Mike, to let me know what a tease is. Thanks, Tanay. All right, so good. Okay, good. So I'm doing number four, all right? Can I do four now, Seth? You okay with that? Mike, you're good. All right, number four for me is the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Woo. Okay, woo, exactly. So, you know, you talked about, you know, you had Buddy Rogers, the original Nature Boy, Tanay at number 10. Obviously, Ric Flair, some say, uh, I don't want to be a douche here, but some say that Ric Flair stole Buddy's whole gimmick. What's your take on Flair? Uh, I, I have Ric Flair still on my list, so I don't really want to just, you know, you, you're, you're trying to upcut. You're yes, trying to I undercut am. me here. I've, so, I've, got Flair, I've got Flair on my list still, still to come, so I'm obviously not right, going to disagree with you. So we'll move on you. then, Mike. Okay, thanks for answering, not answering the question. All right, great. So who's <laughs> your number well, three, Mike? Did, did, he, did he steal it? Here, here's my thought. I, I had Buddy Rogers at number 10. I have Ric Flair still to come. I thought what what Ric Flair did was he was able to take that character and take it to much higher heights even than Rogers did. So when you say steal it, it's it's almost like he made it even better. Anyway, continue, guys. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll, We'll talk about that down the road. So let me ask you a question. You think we do the show for free, right? It's just like for free because you downloaded it. Well, it's time to pay the bills. Relax. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And now back to the Fantasy Draft with Taz and Professor Vegas, Mike Tenay. Well, the continuation goes to you, Mike. You're supposed to pick. Pay attention, bro. Number three, yeah. number three, number three. And uh, I think Seth just, had, Seth just had Steve Austin recently, correct? Yeah. It's, it's, it's number three is Steve Austin for me. Think of the drive. Think of the determination. Think about a guy who, who even though he felt like he was being held down in WCW, and I think when you look back historically, you can see that that was kind of a mistake, that they didn't turn the reins loose on Steve Austin in WCW. Oh, yeah. The way that, I mean, if you were watching that Hollywood Blondes team with him and Pillman, you knew you saw something special. And for him to take it to the next level and, and beyond and beyond, and guys, uh, in-ring ability, promo ability, selling uh, tickets, selling merchandise, stop, Steve Austin. No doubt. I mean, no, Steve's amazing. I mean, uh, there's no doubt about that. And I remember uh, his time... Uh, when he left WCW and how furious and pissed off he was in that transitional time, he spent a little time in South Philly with us at ECW, and I watched him kind of uh, gravitate to some things that were happening, uh, and uh, I think that he was inspired by some of the folks uh, that were grappling for ECW back then. I mean, just just look at his promo work, how it changed when he went there, and how he was able to take that promo work that he that he worked on, I guess you would say, in ECW. Yeah. And then just blow it, you know, you know, just right, right out, absolutely, right out of the ballpark when he when he went to WWE. So that's your number three. Seth, who's three. your number three? Uh, so you know, I used to want to be a professional wrestler, and, and growing up watching this well, guy, thank wrestle, God that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Because you'd be producing my podcast. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. Why. Yeah. Somebody, somebody, cue, somebody cue Blassie with pencil neck, please. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, take it easy. Do the job, Seth. Uh, I think Put over also... today. He's our guest. Oh, Mike, you're the best. <laughs> Professor, p- p- Professor Vegas in the house. Yes, yes, yes. Um, So this is a guy who wasn't that big, so I could relate, you know, made me think, oh, maybe I can do this. And he was awesome. And uh, and he's one of my favorites. And it's believability. And it's uh, Brett the Hitman Hart. Ooh, nice. I love Brett Hart. Uh you know, and he took his business very seriously, almost maybe to a fault, maybe some might say. But he was great. He was believable. His, his in-ring work was, to me, flawless and you know, methodical, but in a good way. I just thought he was great. He's, yeah. he's just outside my top ten, I guess. I, I, I put numbers 11, 12, 13, and Brett's right, right in that group. So I, I can't disagree. I can't either. I don't have Brett on my list. I don't know why. I mean, I'll tell you a quick story. I mean, when I was... 
uh, getting a, kind of a big push and stuff at ECW. Then I had to go to uh, Amarillo, Texas and work and wrestle one of Terry Funk's 10 retirement shows. Um, <laughs> Man, that was that year. Yeah, and, and Brett, that's right. <laughs> and Brett Hart was there, and, and we were uh, hanging out somewhere, drinking beers, whatever, at a uh, double cross at the Double Cross Ranch. Yeah. There you go. And, and I, was, I, I learned... Uh, Bret Hart basically told me, you ever become a champion? He gave me some insight, which I won't share right now, on how to conduct myself behind the scenes. And, and uh, I, I've always been appreciative of that. So, um, okay, my number three. We went over this. We talked about this this legend already. And it's Hulk Hogan. I have Hogan at number three. I feel that when Hogan was younger, too, uh, his work, as you said, in Japan with Hanson, his work in Japan or even in WWF back then, watch the way he could work when he was healthy. He was underrated. He really was for a big man, you know. Uh, his promos were always off the chain. So Hulk Hogan's number three. Nobody's throwing a flag on that. Uh, who do you got, today on uh, number two? Number two is the only guy who made my 2015 current list and my all-time list, and that's The Rock at number two. Uh, again, uh, and I, I looked at this maybe a little differently than you guys did, but when it comes to having that force, that that, that machine, it, it's The Rock. Mainstream coverage, uh, the, what he's done in terms of the movies, it's, it's, it's unquestionable. Uh, that's the definition of a guy that moves the needle, whether it's TV, pay-per-view, social media, tickets, whatever. The Rock is number two. Well, it just goes to show that when we did the original current top ten fantasy wrestling draft, that you were wrong today, and I called you out on the, the podcast. I think what it does is it no, proves how great The Rock is no, that he's no, able to make both nope. that he's st- while he's still and nope. quote unquote active. Nope. I'll nope. t- Taz, I'll tell nope. you why Mike today is wrong. Nobody said anything about full time. No, no, you're wrong. Mike. You threw him in the the first current list, and he shouldn't have been in there when we did that podcast. That's bull. Yeah, I'm sorry. Crossover. Uh, right, you know, I know it's opinions. <laughs> it's opinions and all, but Mike, you got to be 100 percent wrong because my number two, you don't have on your list. The Macho Man Randy Savage is without a doubt one of the best wrestlers all around. Most original, unique. I mean, you know, he's just one of the best, period. Anybody watching well, who didn't like the Macho if, Man? If Everybody I, loved yeah, him. I, I got to say, if I could, before I let you talk, Mike, because I need some time to say something, um, <laughs> I got to tell you, I agree with Seth. Okay, and I don't have Macho on my list. and I'm uh, another guy uh, You're I wrong, too. I am wrong. You're right. And I don't have Macho on my list, and I should, because macho, macho Man was amazing. Those legendary matches with Ricky Steamboat showed... Macho's, uh, Randy Savage's ability as a worker and his promos, of course, were off the chain. You know, and his look was unique. He had Elizabeth and all that, the robes. You know, it was unique, but he kind of was the nature boy, buddy, Roger Ask or Flair or whatever. But but uh, what do you think about Savage? What's your story on that tonight? I had Savage outside my top ten. He's on my list of, of extra guys that we're going to talk about when we get done with this top ten. Okay, thanks, Mike. We'll do whatever you say. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> great. Yeah. Okay, Mike, sure, buddy. Is, is it me for number one now? Have we come back? No, or is yes. Turn? No, I got to do number two. You got to do two. Go. Oh, go ahead. Well, I guess we have to take a break then. <laughs> <laughs> number two. I have Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin on number two. I Just for all the reasons we all talked about, I mean, you know, Seth had him at number five, you know, Tanae had him at number three, so yep. I guess we're all kind of on the same page. That's, a, that's a consensus topic yeah, right there. Yeah, I think so. So, Mike, who do you have as your number one, buddy? Number one all time, and it, it, I think it, I thought of the parallels when I had Buddy Rogers at number ten. Number one all time is Ric Flair, and I and the reason behind it, I, I wrote one note: great in any era. I, I, I just I don't care what what Ric Flair you could you could put this guy in in any era of professional wrestling. In ring ability, I mean, to me, he's always been near the top. Promo ability, to me, he's always been the top. Character development and living a character, I I think he's at the top. Longevity, check. Historical impact, check. And a guy that moves the needles, and if you don't believe it, think look at the ratings every time that he shows up. Um, Ric Flair's number one. I can't argue. I mean, I had Flair, you know, uh, at number four. Um, uh, look, he's Flair. I mean, look, uh, he's Flair. That, that says it all. He's Flair. I mean, for the old, for those of us that know him, understand what that means. He's Flair. Just stay away from the lobby bar when he's in it. Um, <laughs> that's, where, that's where I used to live for a couple uh, of years <laughs> when, um, he, when he was in TNA. Yeah, man. I mean, he. Uh, 
he's Ric Flair. I mean, what, what else more can you say? Seth, what do you got at number one? My number one is the guy that all the guys watching wanted to be, the guys we lived uh, vicariously through, and it's also Ric Flair. I mean, There you go. You know, you're, you're a young kid, 12, 13, 14 years old, you're like, holy cow, This look what this guy, who is this guy with the suits and the girls and the sunglasses and the rings and the championships? And you're just you're just mesmerized, and and he kept it going. Yeah, and what, what Ric Flair did, which he doesn't get enough credit for, is he makes guys. And if you talk to Sting, oh, oh great point, right? I never, point. I never mentioned right. That. Well, because because I'm bedling you, Mike. That's why. <laughs> so so, no, I'm joking. Uh, kinda. No, Very but t- 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 the thing, <laughs> no, well, he makes guys. I mean, and you know, Sting. You could talk to Sting about that, and so many other wrestlers. I mean, Ric Flair. Uh, Bell the Bell, in between the ropes, was just completely loaded with ability and credibility. His stick work, his mic work was amazing. His body always looked great. Box off a draw big time. Here's my number one. And today you had him at number two. And Seth, you didn't even have him on the list, which is ridiculous. But it's The Rock. And the reason, the, the reason why I had The Rock there, it's just obviously the things we discussed. His ability to still be more than relevant. And and his body, his face, his 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 ability in the ring, uh, merchandise sell, uh, selling out houses, big time player, former world champ, all this stuff, and most importantly, like Hulk Hogan in his era, The Rock crossed over, meaning to to the casual fan, not just the wrestling fan. The Rock is a household name, and he backs it up. And he's, I felt Rock was underrated from a physical standpoint, also. I tell you what, I think I think we really have those top consensus opinions, and, and isn't it intriguing that it was there were so many differences early on, but once you get down to that top three, top four, whatever it is, it's almost like an interchangeable list back and forth. Yeah, we no, had I agree. It. I totally agree, Mike. Absolutely. That just shows you how great those guys were. That 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 in in our different minds, we didn't talk about anything parameters up front, but yet they all were able to emerge right at the top. No doubt. So now let's do this, boys. Let's do honorable mention, and let's briefly hit on. F- Let's do four guys. Does that work for you guys? Sure. Mike, you go with four? Seth, you sure, got I got, four? I got yeah. give you as many as you want. Uh, unfortunately, I, I believe you. Um, <laughs> so, honorable mention. It doesn't matter what number, don't anything. Who, who are your honorable mention guys, your four guys? Mike, briefly give a little talk why and what's the deal. Yeah, I, I don't want to uh, repeat too much stuff, but I guess top four that I, that we didn't have in the top ten, I would put Randy Savage in that list, and, and we just you know really covered the ground with that. I would also have Bret Hart in that list. We do, we really didn't uh, uh, probably do him justice, but I right. think he's another guy that just he's so close to the top ten, but for whatever reason, he's just outside of it. The one that I really expected, I guess, uh, you guys to, to have, or maybe Seth to have, I'm not sure, that we didn't have was The Undertaker. Um, he, he's one of those guys that, again, is so close to being there. I, I would give him right. honorable mention. And since Taz went out of his way to talk about all of his favorites, I'm going to put Freddie. That's not true. I, I'm going to put Freddie Blassie and the Destroyer. Uh. Mike Tenay's two favorite all-time wrestlers, Freddie Blassie and the Destroyer. I'm going to put them on. I, I know I just uh, went to five honorable mentions, so I broke another rule. But that's the way I am. Yeah, I'm a rule well, breaker. The number one rule you did was you disrespected me, the host, Taz. Okay, <laughs> because I didn't make my list of favorites, Mike. You're exaggerating. <laughs> I, you just gotta make stuff up. You always get, always gotta take shots at me. All right, so the rebel Mike Tenay. Yeah, that's right. What, what do you got, Seth? All right, my 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 uh, honorable mention, uh, Mick Foley. I mean, he had a he had a pretty uh, unique and interesting uh, career. I thought he's great. Uh, Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. Right. I mean. Awesome. It definitely uh, inspired a lot of wrestlers. Some of the best promos you're ever going to hear with yes. Dusty. Yep. Dusty's amazing. I have Shawn Michaels on there as well. I threw this one in, even though I never watched his work. I just feel like Gorgeous George helped put wrestling on the map. Damn, I had the, I had him on my list, too, on my original list. That's tremendous. You talk about name recognition. It was Gorgeous George in that era. Yes. He, he inspired Muhammad Ali. A lot yes. of people don't know that. That's right. I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing. Well, yes, you, 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 you are correct. I like your list, Seth. I, I tell you, 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 you gained a chip with me, maybe half a chip. <laughs> um, here's my four, guys, and uh, three of them you're going to be shocked, and we haven't talked about, at all, really, about two of them. One of them we've talked about a little bit, and, um, and today had him at number nine. That's Bruno San Martino. So I had him on my honorable mention and for the reasons we discussed. Um, I also had a guy by the name of Eddie Gilbert on my list. I feel that Eddie Gilbert... Uh, was one of the most underrated guys, undersized guys, but yet a pioneer 
during a, a, a time going from the 80s to the 90s, his promo ability, the way he helped wrestlers behind the scenes, his in-ring work, his athleticism, I think he was kind of a bridge-the-gap type of guy from the 80s style to the 90s style. I got no credit. Tanae, I know you got to love what I just said. Yeah, throwback guy, to say the least. And again, you, you touched on it a little, what he did behind the scenes. Uh, I think we really never saw, because of you know personal issues or the, however you want to qualify it, we never saw Eddie Gilbert at his best in terms of uh, booking, in, in terms of his ability behind the scenes. I think that growth was stunted, and I think he really could have made an, uh, quite a name for himself yeah. if he had that opportunity. I agree. And the other, uh, other two other guys I have on there is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who was another guy who just, I mean, good gosh. Awesome. Awesome, tremendous, tremendous, tremendous worker. One of the best guys who could sell. Uh, one of the best of all time. I mean, really. There, there just, was a little fire in that comeback, wasn't there? Oh, my God. His comeback is what makes the, the good guy, makes the baby face and the sell and the comeback. And that was Steamboat, man. He was amazing. And we talked about Savage. The matches in the WWF with Steamboat and Savage were epic, 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 epic contest. Uh, and the last guy I have on there is another guy that a lot of people might not know or know much about is a guy named Austin Idol. I, I, I feel that Austin Idol was another guy. His promo ability, his look, his persona never was on the big screen, you know, at, at the big stage as a pro wrestler, you know, but um, uh, was a regional guy, but yet I felt was really ahead of his time. Do you agree, Tanae? Top, top regional guy ahead of his time in terms of his look, uh, super promo ability as well. Um, and, and I think you, you really nailed it there when you said, what would Austin Idol uh, have done if given the ball and, and really having that opportunity to run with the top, top, top dogs? Uh, it, it, every, every time that he did it uh, around Memphis with Lawler, you know, incredible business. Uh, that's, that's a question that we'll never have answered, but it's an intriguing one to bring up, that's for sure. I completely agree. And I, and I got to say, I, this has been fun. I mean, Seth, you chimed in. You did a good job. Thank uh, you very much. Surprisingly enough, uh, uh, today, uh, Mike, today, you, you let me talk a little bit in, in this this particular podcast. Thank you for letting me talk on my own show. <laughs> totally different from the first one. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna do more of this going forward, like we discussed. We're gonna do, I'm gonna do the tag teams. The, ta- the tag yes. teams got to be next. We're gonna do the tag team. We're gonna do. We're going to do whatever I say next, Mike. And then we'll, we'll do the... Uh, we'll do I've already got my list. I've been working on my I list know. while you've been All talking. Right, stop. I've, tuned, I've tuned you Please. out, and I'm already working on my tag no, team I'm list. trying to do my clothes. Uh, Can I close the show? Take it home. Take it home. I'm Mike, hey, I'm putting the pencil in my mouth. Go home. Mike, Taz just sent me a note. He says he wants to do top 10 wrestlers under 5'9 for the next list. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. So, so, and then we'll do top female wrestlers and all that stuff. So, this is what we're going to do. I, I want to thank everybody for downloading this episode. Please tell your friends and family. I appreciate you downloading the Human Podcast Machine. Me, Taz. Thanks to, to my guest, the one and only Professor Vegas, Mike Tanay, the man of the owl for sure. Seth, my key producer, the man chiming in. And remember, boys and girls. If someone gives you talk back, lip back, or push back, look them in the eyes and tell them, beat me if you can, survive if I let you.